Good morning. It's such a blessing to be back up here to be able to share my share a message with y'all that I feel God has put upon my heart. We are currently in a sermon series called Have You Seen Jesus? Last week, Bill spoke about Thomas and Thomas's doubt. And one thing that Bill said that really stood out to me was, it's okay to have doubts. We're not to have it all figured out in order to tell others about Jesus. We don't have to have things 100% laid out. In the same way, we don't have to have everything figured out in order to follow Jesus. That's not what it's called. And so this passage, I feel, shows three things that will help us follow Jesus even if we don't have everything figured out. And that's what I want to speak to y'all on this morning. The first thing that I realized while reading this passage was following Jesus means recognizing his works. In this passage, verses in chapter 21, the verses 4 through 7, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. In this book of John, whenever it mentions the disciple whom Jesus loved, most scholars will say it is the apostle John that is being spoken of the son of Zebedee. I say that to say Peter, James, and John were in this narrative, but this was not the first time that they had seen this miracle. If we look at Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 10, it reads, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came, they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Peter, James, and John had witnessed this miracle before of a man saying, Throw your nets in a different manner and you will catch fish. These men were professional fishermen. They knew what they were doing, but when you see a miracle like that, it's something you remember. Recognizing his works is a way to follow Christ because it reminds you where he is in your life right now. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because they remembered who Christ was at the beginning of their relationship with him, they were able to recognize him in a time where he was not with them. 
even when they didn't realize that was him at first. And this passage goes on to tell us that the disciples didn't even have to ask who he was because they knew. They knew because they recognized Jesus's consistency. God has a track record. He is the same. Most of y'all know I am a pastor's kid. And so growing up, I moved around a lot. The hardest move that we made was the summer before my junior year in high school. So right in the middle of high school, it was awesome. Well, that was a hard move because I was very nervous about my last two years of high school in a new school that was very small and where the people had grown up together. I was very questionative on how God would provide in this area for me as far as academically and socially with friends. How was this going to work out? Well, I then began realizing and God began showing me, have I not provided for you in every other move you and your family have taken? The answer was yes, you have. And God said, why is this move any different. Following Jesus realizes that you recognize his work in your life. You remember his work in your life beforehand, and so when you're facing a problem in time in your life presently where you don't think you see Jesus, when you remember his work beforehand and you look at what's going on right now, you recognize his work in your life because Jesus is consistent. Going on into the passage, we see another means by which following Jesus occurs, and that is by feeding his sheep. In verses 15 to 17, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to Jesus, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Oftentimes when we look at this passage, we attribute it it all to Peter. This is about Peter being reinstated for having denied Jesus. This is Peter's charge in ministry. It has nothing to do with us. That charge still holds true today in our lives. We're called, just as Peter was, to go and feed his sheep. This is not a charge specifically for Peter it's still, Jesus is still calling us in our lives to do this. In this passage as well, when you look into a Greek translation, in the Greek language, love, there's four different words for love. Two of them is phileo and agape. Agape is a very unconditional love, a very sacrificial love. Phileo is more of a brotherly love, a family love. Every time Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? He, he says, do you agape me? 
Every time Peter answers, you know I love you, he says, I phileo you. Too often, Jesus is, what Jesus is asking us is more than we are willing to give. He's asking us to reach out to other people, and we're saying, I'm going to reach out to those in my church. He's saying, feed my sheep, and we're saying, I'm going to feed my family. There is a story of a man named Mark Buchanan, and he was at a worship service with another man, Jim Simbala. And afterwards, the two were, went out to dinner and started having a conversation. Simbala turned to Buchanan and asked him a simple question as they were both pastors. And he asked him, do you know what the number one church, what the number one sin in the church of America is? Buchanan was a little thrown off. He realized it was a rhetorical question and he was glad because he didn't have an answer. He didn't know. And so Simbala starts listing off some things. Infidelity, pornography, stealing. No, no, no. Those aren't the number one sin. And this is what Simbala told Buchanan. The number one sin is that it's pastors and leaders and members are not on their knees crying out to God, bring us the drug addicted, bring us the prostitutes, bring us the destitute, bring us the gang leaders, bring us those with AIDS, bring us the people nobody else wants, whom only you can heal, and let us love them in your name until they are whole. Feeding his sheep does not mean staying in this building. Feeding his sheep is reaching out to those whose only way to know Christ is when we reach out. They may never experience Christ unless we become people who feed Christ's sheep and who go out into the world and realize that this charge is not just for Peter, that it is for us today in our lives. We don't need to be people who are only willing to give Christ less than what he is asking. We need to be willing to be sacrificial in our love and going out of this building to people who nobody wants. And we need to show them that Jesus wants them and we want them. Because too often they're told otherwise. Following Jesus by recognizing his works in your life, by going out and feeding his sheep, and then also by going and continuing in his commands. After Jesus' charge to feed his sheep, he goes on to tell Peter, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands And someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the type of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. At this time, this was actually a prophecy and was a known prophecy of crucifixion. And we know from tradition that Peter ended up being crucified upside down as a martyr. And that was the death he died for Christ in his ministry. 
after this prophecy, Jesus still follows up and says, follow me. After forewarning you what is in your future, because, you, because of your ministry for me, still follow me. The interesting thing, though, is Peter had already been called. Peter had already been called to follow God. If we continue in on that passage of Luke, and we look at verses, the rest of verse 10 and verse 11, it says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, left everything, and followed him. Peter had been called to follow Jesus from the beginning, and he did so throughout Jesus' ministry. God then goes and tells him, this is what's going to happen if you continue in this life, but still follow me. The Bible is very clear with us. It says very clearly, you will face troubles in this life, but take heart because Christ has overcome the world. Following Christ does not mean an easy life. We know this. We know that we still will encounter difficulties. We know we're still going to have suffering. We're not exempt. But we are to continue in his commands regardless of our situation. And continuing in his commands can be difficult if we're not recognizing his work and recognizing that he is still with us because he was with his disciples in the in biblical times, he has been with you in your um, past, and he is with you to this day. Continuing in his commands, there is a quote from Thomas Akempis. He writes, "Jesus has many who love his kingdom in heaven, but few who bear his cross. He has many who desire comfort, but few who desire suffering." He finds many to share his feast, but few to his fasting. All desire to rejoice with him, but few are willing to suffer for his sake. Many follow Jesus to the breaking of bread, but few to the drinking of his cup of passion. Many admire his miracles, but few follow him in humiliation of the cross. As a church, we're called to be those few. But the church has that perception of that many. The sheep in this church need to be sheep that are willing to walk out and bring others into this place. By continuing in his commands, we do face suffering. But when we face suffering in light of Christ... We become those few, and people recognize the few because they're exceptions and they're different, and that's what's going to shine in our lives. By following Jesus, we don't have to have things figured out. We don't have to have the plans from A to Z laid out for us, but to follow Jesus is to face difficulties in light of certain circumstances by realizing that he's with us today as he has always been and always will, 
by continuing in his command even when we are told we will face difficulties. But taking all of that and going into the world to other people who don't have this hope, who don't have this light in their lives, and taking that hope and filling it into people that nobody wants. Because that's what Christ did in his time. And that's what we're called to do in our time. Following Jesus are these three things. And you see it in this passage of John. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your call to follow you. It is not an easy call, but... It is a call that is life-giving and life-breathing. Father, help us to remember that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change what you were with us before you will be with us today. Help us to remember that feeding your sheep is not confined to the walls of this church, but that is... It is out in the open to people that nobody wants. Help us to remember to continue in your commands even though we know we will face struggles and face hard times, but that we also know that you walk with us and you will be with us through every single one of those moments. Father, thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, that we may be able to have this relationship with you and that we may be able to see you. We love you, and it's your son's name we pray. Amen.